I think the one thing I, I wish I learned was don't be scared of trying. Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba, and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Today's guest is Luke Gailey. Luke is a recent graduate from the Schulich School of Business with a master's degree in business management. Luke has nine plus years of experience under his belt and is fiercely competitive in his approach to acquire business and handle complex situations from a strategic and tactical perspective. He also has a background in music and theater prior to entering the corporate world. Luke's peers would describe him as adaptable and positive. Hi, Luke. I am so excited to get you into this conversation today. Thank you for joining me on Keep It Spicy. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited to uh, chat with you today. I'm excited too. So I'm going to start by asking you to tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself. So like, what's your story? Like, what have you been up to in the past couple of years? Like, personally and professionally, if you want to share it. And basically, what's the spice to your life? For sure. I think my spice to my life, if I like the way that sounds, is mm-hmm. is really just always learning, always growing, always trying something new. So, I mean, what I've done the last couple of years is, you know, I, I finished uh, my undergrad degree. I finished my master's degree. You know, I started a few businesses uh, with various levels of success. But at the end of the day, it's it's all about, you know, I guess keeping it spicy. It's all about finding that growth. It's all about finding, you know, where's that learning at the end of the day. And that's something that really excites me. And, you know, in my, in my, I guess my background, you know, it starts from, you know, music, it starts from music from a very young age and sports and being active and being social and all these normal things. But, you know, it's always about growth. So, you know, I went from music and now I'm in business. It's like, how did that happen? Well, it's, it's really just all about, you know, keeping it spicy. It's all about keeping that learning going on and on and on and never stopping. You know, you never know enough. You know, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know or whatever that quote is. Right. And, and <laughs> yeah. that, that's kind of how I feel about, you know, my life in a nutshell. Gotcha. I love it. Yes, you should. You should want to keep it spicy. Um, and what is one thing about yourself that people might be surprised to learn? And this is something that we couldn't have been able to research or like search you up on the Internet. Ooh. OK. Um, Probably that when I was, oh, I don't know, like 10 years ago or so, I'm 23 now, I I traveled the world as part of like various bands or like choirs and whatnot. Um, so that was pretty cool. We were like on national television a number of times, number of like big media events. But, you know, it was never was Luke or the other people in the choir was always under the, the choir, which was, you know, a very world renowned choir, St. Michael's Choir. But um, nevertheless, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so exciting. Wow, that's really cool. And you got to do that at such a young age. So you're probably like 10 or 11. Yeah, uh, between like, uh, I think 12 to basically until the end of high school. So 12 to like 18. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh, that is very exciting. Interesting. <laughs> and I want to talk to you a little bit more about your background in the arts, since you mentioned that, you know, you, you started in music and um, I know you did your undergrad in theater. You also spent a few years as, as a theater technician and you were a theater production manager. And again, you have a Bachelor of Fine Arts in theater production and design. What, int- what interested you 
about theater or the arts? Yeah, so, I mean, maybe that's my artistic upbringing in the first place that, you know, really is where it all comes from and where it stems from. But for me, it really is all about what's the next step? You know, it's what's the end goal? What's the reason behind it? So for me, arts was great and I love arts and I, you know, I, I still, you know, try to do music every day and, you know, I love my artistic friends and I continue to do, you know, that sort of thing. But for me, it's what does art give and, and what does it give other people? And art gives other people happiness. It gives other people emotions. It's, it's the sharing of emotions, I believe. Right. And so, you know, my undergrad, why did I do an undergrad in theater? You know, you're, I, I said music. I didn't do any theater before going into my undergrad in theater. And, you know, I, I was at this point, yeah, I traveled the world doing music. Like, why wouldn't I do music? Well, it's because what does the arts, what does theater really teach you? Well, the particular program I went to, York, you know, York Theater Program is one of the best out there. And it's really good at teaching you leadership skills. It's really good at teaching you how to deal with other people, how to practical things, how to dress well, how to present yourself well, how to, you know, manage teams, you know. These are things that are useful in all aspects of life. So when I chose my degree, it wasn't, you know, what, what, what am I going to graduate with and, you know, make the most money. If that was the point, I should have done computer science, you know, learn some Python, become a, you know, data scientist or, you know, I don't know, something else. But the point is that it's what did I get out of it at the end of the day and what did and what value does that really add me to get to that next step? So for me, it was theater because it it helps me be a better person. And I think at the end of the day, you know, whatever we're trying to do, I think we should try to better ourselves. Maybe that means, you know, you're into engineering. It doesn't have to be something exciting like theater or the arts. It can be something exciting like engineering. Maybe I don't think engineering is exciting. I happen to think engineering is exciting, but that's besides the point. The point is that, you know, when people are trying to better themselves, I think, you know, they see the bigger picture. And that's really kind of what I've been trying to do. So, you know, while I didn't know that I'd be here, obviously, 10 years ago, you know, for music or the arts or all that, for me, it's it's the arts offers value of the interpersonal relationships and the interpersonal skills that, you know, other degrees won't teach you. Engineering won't teach you how to be a better person or how to talk to people better. Even a public speaking degree, if that exists or whatever, communications doesn't teach you how to interact with people better. It teaches you how to write better or, or communicate better. But not in the meaningful ways that matter for your life. So that's what it really my whole life has all been about, like what matters the most to me right now and what allows me to, you know, have my goals be the best. And my goals are you. So thus far have been, you know, very, I guess, very wholesome in that I want to be able to help more people and, 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 you know, maybe inspire more people or maybe I don't know. But the point is that I want the ability to get that. And I feel like, you know, school is all about building that toolkit and, I, I, I've tried to build the best, most diverse toolkit I could, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And drawing off of that, what's one thing that you wish you had known when you began your career? Well, when did I start my career? Did my career start 10 years ago when, you know, I became a t- technically a professional musician? Did my career start nine years ago when I started my first con- like business helping organizations? I guess consulting is what I call it now. You know, I don't know. I think, I think the one thing I... I wish I learned was don't be scared of trying, I guess, is really, if anything, you know, some, a lot of times I, for a long time until, I don't know, let's say two, three years ago, I was always, I always was very calculated. I was, even though, you know, in the arts or whatever, and just going for stuff, I was always, you know, considering what would other people think or, or, you know, what, what matters to, you know, me in 10 years from now. I don't know what matters in 10 years from now. I don't know what life's going to look like in 10 years from now. I don't know if we'll be alive in 10 years from now if you want to go a little bit more negative, like with the, you know, climate change and all these wonderful things. But, 
you know, well, less wonderful things. But the point is that, you know, I feel like the one thing I really wish I knew going back was just being able to do stuff, you know, just being able to go, you know, don't think about what's the best case scenario or the worst case scenario. Just do it. And, you know, you're you're active of thinking so much. All those questions and fears can be answered by just taking action. You know, it's what's going to happen if I do it? What's the worst thing that could happen? You don't know until you're going to do it. You know, you could ask 50,000 people about it. But the point is, at the end of the day, you need to do it. Right. And and, you know, that's really kind of been my mentality, my mentality the last you know few years, particularly for really just going to do the thing. You know, if I fail, great. That's awesome. That means I did something. That means I'm not the same place I am today. Right. And that's really what's most important to me now and what I wish I knew at a younger age because I was very um, hesitant from what other people would think or what other people would do. But it doesn't matter. They don't care either. Right. It's all about it's all about you. Since we've talked a little bit about your background in like the arts and theater, I'm curious to know what inspired the pivot from theater to business. And I'm also interested in knowing how like your career, like your passion in the arts has benefited this switch to business and consulting. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it never really was a switch, if that makes any sense for me. You know, it, it really it really was the mentality of, you know, what's the thing that offers me the most diverse toolkit when I finish school? Right. What's the thing that, you know, gives me the most happiness when I finish school, right? So for me, the arts gives me a lot of happiness. And, you know, one of the reasons I didn't pick music, which maybe was a self-centered thing, I don't think so, but people might look at it that way, is because I felt that I was good enough at music that if I did a music degree, sure, I would learn, you know, what do you get at a university? You get connections. So, you know, if I really wanted to pursue a music career, then like, absolutely, I should have gone to music for school and, and got those connections, you know? But for me, it wasn't about that. For me, I was at a, I'm at a high enough level. I've been playing music for, you know, basically my entire life. So like, I felt like that was fine. You know, that there's no growth needed there for the, for the objectives that I wanted to hit. I didn't want to become a musician. For theater, it was, you know, as I said before, it was the soft skills, right? It was diversifying my toolkit. Now I know I understand music. I understand rhythm. And I think that also helps me with simply just interacting with people, you know, I understand rhythm of conversations or the flow of conversations or the flow of people. And, and, you know, when you're playing music with other people, I don't know if you play any music or, or anybody out there plays music, I'm sure they can relate where it's when you play music, you're so in tune with each other. You know, scientists have shown that when you're playing music in a room to a room full of people, even if they're not musicians, their brains are synchronous, they're asynchronous, they're of the same brain waves, they're on the same level, you know, that much more when you're playing actual instruments with other people you know if someone's playing the drums you're playing the guitar you're playing keyboard whatever you get that sync and and the point is that you know it helped me a lot to help connect with people theater was the next step up theater was now taking those skills of connecting with people and really making it more into a managerial role into more you know as a, you said a production manager a, you know a, a theater technician you know managing dealing with clients dealing with budgets dealing with people and and solving problems and working through the and finding the solutions and you know, and then what's next? What's next from finding solutions? Well, building the the things you're trying to do in the first place. So why did I switch to business? It wasn't any different, fundamentally speaking, because at the end of the day, it was about learning more and completing that toolkit. So I learned the soft skills. I learned the management skills from, from the people who were dealing with the future. And now I learned the business skills to then create that future, to create that plan, to create those budgets in the first place that then you know, the production manager, you know, if I was continuing in the arts, um, you know, as my main focus to 
to really manage. So as a result, I, I, I feel now that I have that full spectrum from, you know, doing my master's of business management to, you know, starting with music all those years ago and theater in between really has that full picture of being the person on the ground to the person, you know, planning three years ahead because, you know, you're you're an executive of some company. And while I may not be there yet, the point is that I at least understand it theoretically for my degree. And as a result, you know, I have that really diverse skill set as the as a result of you know all that learning and so so when you say the switch i think you know no it's just it was for me it was the logical next step and sure maybe it was a big switch you know business school is definitely very different than theater school not in the ways you would imagine um because theater we would probably use like 80 hours to 100 hours a week of like working on shows and building stuff well business school quite frankly was like no more than 40 hours a week like i mean some of my some of my colleagues definitely would have found it very stressful i guess depending on their background but for me it was it was super relaxing it was like you know what i'm i now have so much time to focus on extracurriculars to build a network to do all these things and you know at the end of the day it really was just about leveraging that background so that you know when i'm out of it i'm the most well-rounded person i can possibly be from school right because you know school is about learning so i don't know out if that answers your question or not can i ask if there were any specific roadblocks that you had or or any roadblocks to watch out for if somebody is doing the same thing that you're doing? Uh, roadblocks from the transition to business school or just going into upper to education? Yeah, because yeah. So, like, I can imagine that the academic workload when you're pursuing theater must be very different from the academic workload workload from pursuing a master's degree in, in business management. So like, how did you cope with that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would recommend more theater people to, uh, you know, pursue that business education because I think it really gives you a more well-rounded, you know, perspective. But any roadblocks in particular? I mean, is it bad to say not really? Um, I mean, quite frankly, I found my theater degree harder. My It was an undergrad degree. You? It was four years, you know, but the reality is that for me, both academic and, you know, homework wise and assignments wise and whatever there was way more stuff to do in my theater degree I mean the master's was you know sure it was good and I mean sure if you come from a theater degree and you're not on the production side you're more on like the performance side or the device side or the writing side you know is what I mean by device um then like sure you know definitely focus on you know making sure you have a solid foundation of math or making sure you have a solid foundation of you know understanding very logical things because you know a lot of the stuff in theater, while it might be a bit of a stereotype, you know, is very much like interpersonal. It's very like non-quantitative, not quantitative, and you know, business is very much that, that quantitative, you know, background. But for me, you know, I used to be really bad at math, like in grade one and two. So as a result, I had like math tutors from like grade one to like grade twelve. So as a result, you know, over those ten years of you know tra training math I got very comfortable with it so while I might have sucked at math in grade one you know for me so that the math really wasn't that big of a deal you know for me the scheduling as I said theater had way more stuff to do in so much less time so as a result you know that wasn't really that bad at all the academics part of it you know it really was all logic you know business was a lot of it was logic even the communication classes you know compared to you know the acting classes I took in my general year in theater it was basically the same stuff Right. It was just, you know, interacting with people and really listening and being responsive and and seeing what there is to, you know, see from you know, the nonverbal cues of other people. So while I learned a lot about consulting in terms of how it how businesses think it should be done or business schools rather think it should be done, while I learned a lot about pitching you know, to investors or to ideas, I learned a lot about the, you know, accounting and the background of the business. And that's definitely a big challenge for people coming from theater to to. Um, 
you know, business. And that was definitely a challenge for me. But, you know, hard stuck roadblock. I think truly if you have an open mentality and you're just like, you know what? I'm here to learn and fail as much as I possibly can because that means I learn more. Then especially if you truly embrace that theater mentality where it's like, I'm going to try this thing in front of 10 people and I'm going to look like an idiot. But it doesn't matter because you're trying new things. And as long as you really take that mentality into heart, then it won't be that difficult. And so far, that's been true both in my career in life and, and in school, right? Because, you know, if you really just try to do things and you just try to go for it, what's the worst that can happen? You look like an idiot. Great. Everyone's going to forget. You're going to remember 10 times more than they will, right? I mean, unless you do something truly outrageous. But the point is that the chances that's not going to happen, right? So, so yeah, I mean, particular roadblocks, I guess not nothing really in particular, but as long as, you know, they continue that theater mentality they, and they don't think it's something that different, that, you know, business school or anything else people transition to from theater, you know, don't think about how it's so different. Focus on the things that you've learned in theater, in the arts to transition to life, because there's so many cross pollination between the two for people in the arts to just accept things and just move on, which I think other people from other degrees don't really get taught the same way. That is great advice. Yeah, I do think that's some, something good to keep in mind when, I mean, not just transitioning from like theater to business. I would say that like transitioning from like arguably any arts degree to something more structured. Yeah, something more structured, something a little different, something that is not as abstract. I would say that's some good advice that, you know, go just be consistent with the effort and don't be afraid to fail because that's how you learn. So, yeah, I think that's some good advice. Um, what is one common myth about your profession or like your field that you want to debunk? And this is for both for theater and for business. Uh, man, I mean, I try to stay away from, I guess, the politics or the social stigma, positive or negative around anything I do. But I guess if I had to pick one, I guess, you know, the it really just goes back to, you know, I guess a lot of people thinking, oh, STEM is what's important or, you know, what what you pick now is is really important and and you know you pick arts you pick music you pick whatever is useless and and while i would agree if fundamentally from a from a you know factual point of view if you want to be a doctor you know yeah you shouldn't get a music degree you know if you want to be uh, a surgeon or or an engineer or a or a professional designation yeah that's obvious you know but but at the end of the day, you know, whenever someone tells me, which isn't very much, but it occasionally happens where it's like, oh, a useless degree like theater or a useless degree like music, I think they misunderstand the use. The use isn't, you know, graduating and trying to become a professional musician. If you want to do that, go for it. But the use is 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 more deeper than that, is is way deeper than that, because in the act of becoming a professional musician, you know, you're right. Generally, they probably won't make that much money. So what does that mean? It means that, you know, they'll have to work doing other careers, but those they'll be the happiest people doing those other careers because they've learned all these soft skills that are intangible, you know, from these arts degrees. So for me, you know, I guess I guess one of them for theater is is that it's really important to see the value, see the inherent value that's not of the actual education of the, you know, you're not learning math, you're not learning science, you're not learning all these things, but you're learning how to deal with people, you're learning how to interact, you're learning how to network, you're learning how to do all these things that, you know, are across a plethora of, you know, industries and jobs and careers. Um, as for the business side, I don't know if I actually know any uh, negative tropes or positive tropes for business. I mean, I think a lot of people think business is boring. At least maybe that's what I thought years ago. Um, so maybe that's one. And and I think that's 
I think that goes back to, I think what I've, I've been saying, kind of saying a lot where it's just, it goes back to what you think. You know, if you, if you want business to be boring, you're going to go, you're going to be bored. You're going to, you know, learn a bunch of stuff and it'll be like, yeah, this is nice, I guess, whatever. I want to graduate and, you know, go get a job doing something boring and whatever, you know, just like anything, life is what you make it. Right. So I think, I think if you try to make that degree exciting, maybe their classes aren't the most exciting material in the world, but I see the direct benefit. And I think, you know, that trope, for, you know, being business boring or being, you know, sort of dry is really just, it's really just what you make it. So I, I think maybe if you have boring profs, yeah, I'm sure there's boring profs out there. You know, I fortunately only had, you know, I don't think I had any that I really thought were boring, but I think it really just comes down to, you know, you do you, you make it what you make it. If you think it's going to be exciting, it's going to be so exciting. And don't let, you know, other people tell you what is going to you know work or not. Tell me about your like latest endeavors. I know that, you know, you have a couple new ventures that you've started after graduating. How did you land them? What's the story? Yeah. So, um, all right. So the story, let's start at the beginning. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe I'm a little bit too long winded, but I hope not. Um, so the story at the beginning is I didn't know what I wanted to do going into my master's degree. Um, sure. It was master's of business. Sure. It would teach me all these things about business that I didn't know. And to be fair, it taught me so much about business that I had no idea about, and I'm so grateful for it, but you know, it really was, what am I going to do? So I started applying for jobs in September. So, so my degree was a master's of business management and it was a 12 month accelerated degree for those obviously who don't know from Schulich. And as a result, it was a journey. It was 12 months of, you know, a lot of learning, but you know, for me, it was always, what's the next step? What am I going to do next? So, you know, I, I applied from, you know, everything from, you know, minimum wage jobs in industries I didn't know, you know, to, you know, jobs that were, you know, having posting salaries of, you know, like 300 K a year, you know, it doesn't matter, but you know, I applied for it all and I actually had a pretty good interview rate, probably about 50%. And, you know, and from that, I don't know, probably about another 50% actually offered me a job. When you can argue that, Luke, that's terrible because you're taking away jobs from other people or you're wasting interviewers time or whatever. But you know what? Maybe I was, but quite frankly, I didn't care. And maybe that's bad, but I didn't care, you know, because for me, it was learning about those industries because what's the best way to learn about an industry? learn about a job, you know, you're in the interview, it's like, what's my, what does my day in day look like? You know, what does, you know, what does success look like in this position? What does growth look like? You know, what are, what is various training I'm going to need to do? Or, you know, how can I be in your shoes? Or how can I, you know, become this person, you know, in two years at this company or in this industry, right? And that gave me so much insight on what's going on. So 12 months ago, or I guess, yeah, 13 months ago or so, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I always knew I was enterprising. And since then, I learned that I really do have kind of an entrepreneurial mindset, which is what I really embraced recently. But I didn't know that 12 months ago. I didn't know that 13 months ago. I didn't know that five months ago or four months ago. All that I knew is that I wanted to, you know, have success upon graduating. And for that, I simply meant I wanted a job when I graduated. And so, you know, COVID or not, you know, I was able to get, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, work on my inter interview skills and, you know, doing all these interviews and whether, whether you can, some of them offered me jobs and I was like, you know what, honestly, I love this thing, but I, I graduate in August. So I cannot work for you unless like you really, really, really want me to work for you part-time in August. But until then, you know, I'm focusing on school and some of them respected that. And then COVID happened and then, you know, whatever. And other people were just like, we'll get back to us in August and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, be in touch and you know as long as long as you contact us and so you know the journey continued and and when i finally graduated you know i landed on a number of different opportunities you know i was fortunate enough to have options upon graduating and you know i chose one with a digital marketing firm 
And, you know, that was was great. But the reason I really liked it was because it was self-directed. It was basically you're a contract for this company and you're you're selling these various products, but you can build your own team and it's all you will deal with the accounting side. But like it's all you you can incorporate. You can be your whole independent, you know, label corporation. But we offer all the services. So you're just the selling and marketing side of the of the marketing company. So I was like, heck, yeah, that sounds great. Unfortunately, the services and and they said this as well since then that they were trying to sell on this deal under this you know contract uh, wasn't ideal. It was priced too high. It was not the right needs for the clients that you were trying to contact. So it didn't really end up working out. But that whole experience really showed me that yeah you know I really actually am really excited about people. I'm really excited about talking to people and adding value to their lives. So I was like sales is totally where it's at. So. You know, since then, you know, I've met a, I've met a, met some people, and I started a company uh, with a friend in Texas. Um, and I always, I, I, I'm looking forward to that narrative because, you know, in a few years, I definitely, you know, want to, want to, you know, write about it or maybe do my own podcast, but probably just write a book about how, you know, I started a business from someone I've never met with a friend that I've known for like a few months in Texas online. You know, like, you know, it just, it's just one of those crazy things. But the way we got here is because. From is from months and months and months of you know talking to industries, talking to professionals, applying for jobs, and seeing what all these industries and people and dailies and, and schedules and all these things are like. So how did I get here? Honestly, I'm not sure. I think <laughs> I think it <laughs> I think it really just came down to you know trying again and again and again and again, and at the end of the day, you know finding finding that thing that spoke to my wise, finding that, you know, I find life easy now, you know, why did I decide to go all in and basically two different companies? Sure. I still have my, you know, general consulting. I think I call it executive consulting thing with organizations. And I love doing that, but usually I do it pro bono. Usually I just do it for free because I love it. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, you want to talk to me about your organization. You want to know how you can get to the next level, how you can grow. I've helped so many companies grow, man. Like I, but I don't care because I mean, I, I do care, but I mean, I don't care about making money from it because for me, it just gets such enjoyment out of it. But what do I want to do to make me money to, you know, get me that is, is I started a company called Cisspace Incorporated um, with, with the guy in Texas, um, Logan, and, and, you know, that's a, a management system. So, you know, it's, it, we add value to Salesforce and, you know, we offer a lot of customization options for there. So if you want to manage your company, you know, and you don't want to deal with taxes, you don't want to deal with QuickBooks with all these things, you know, using a CRM like Salesforce with our customization, you know, allows you to track you know, your clients track, you know, licenses, tracks costs, tracks if you're a tracking company, if you're a staffing company, just makes your business more efficient. And then as opposed to hiring another person, you can just use this, you know, online platform, um, you know, which which we sell. But, you know, and then on the other side, SK agencies, you know, it was all about helping people. You know, what for me, my whole life is all about helping people. And 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 I never re- realized it. But, you know, insurance really is that one of those things. It's like, you know, if something goes wrong, what are you going to do? And and, you know, insurance really helps people insure themselves, insure that risk. You know, they transfer that risk over to an insurance company. It's like, shit, I just cut off my hand because I work at a mine or I work in a something where, you know, I, that's a date, that's a risk or, you know, whatever. You can get compensated for that. You can get, you know, various things and you can you can mitigate that risk. Well, it still sucks. You lost a hand. That's like tragic. That's really, really bad. But terrible you know, the point is. Yeah. But the point is that you you are able to help people in those times of need you know through insurance and it's one of those things where it's like i'm able to talk to people i'm able to connect to people i'm able to sell people but more importantly i can help them and you know that's what that's that's i guess that's really where i've kind of found myself is just you know i really want to i've really found myself in a place where i have two places with sysbase we can grow as a company i mean myself as a 
as a as a co-founder, but then also with with SK, where I can grow my own, where you know the growth potential is very similar to you know the pre the marketing company, where it's where it's you can grow your own team and you can help and you can help and you know, by growing that team, you're able to help more people, and that's really what it comes down to for me. It really just comes down to you know being able to to get that help and being able to you know, really make a difference. And I don't care about, you know, having people sing my praises in, you know, four generations or even two generations, even one generation. But I want to be able to know that I made a positive difference, you know, in people's lives. And I really feel like with management, I'm helping entrepreneurs be more successful, you know, with my executive consulting, you know, for online organizations and, you know, a few physical organizations, but mostly I've dealt with online organizations, you know, help them scale. And I do that for free because I love it because, you know, I'm, I'm able to make a positive difference in these people's lives. They don't have a business education. They don't have the same experiences I do. And sometimes I add more value than I do others. But the point is that I'm able to make that positive difference, you know, with, with insurance, with this, you know, new thing with SK that I'm starting. You know, it's the same thing. It's it's that exciting, you know, really being able to just simply be able to help people. And and that just that just brings me joy. So I guess that's how oh. I'm, why I'm here. <laughs> Sounds like you've read that book by Simon Sinek. Start with why. Have you heard of it? I've, I think I've read it. I try to read a book a day. So I, it, I, it I sounds think like it's you there. have. You kept mentioning like, what's this is my why. This is my why. So that, that's a good thing, though, because that's where that's what keeps you going. That's what that's what you helps motivate your brings that adds that fuel to the fire when you're just like, why did I start doing this for this reason? That's why I'm going to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Um, so people think that starting your own business is difficult because and, and that it often ends in failure. Why do you think people believe that? Yeah, because uh, they don't think they don't plan enough ahead, quite frankly. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it all comes down to helping people. If your business doesn't truly add value to people, then it's not going to be a good business. And that's the reality of it. I think I think a lot of businesses are started on hunches or started on ideas or started on, you know, you know, dreams or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with starting a business on that. But the but I think the reason they fail, you know, I've I've started, let's say, five businesses in my life and they've all succeeded. And I don't think that's pure I don't think that's pure luck. I don't think that's anything like that. And I've, I've read a book recently where it's like, you know, people who've had success in whatever, you know, there's a fallacy where they think their hard work directly attributes to their success. But I don't think that. I think it's validating the idea through someone else, you know, not saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, best friend, hey, you know, sister, brother, relative, you know, validate my idea. It's saying it's go to market before you spend any money. Talk to a company, talk to your target audience and say, hey, if I offer these services, or this product, or, you know, this idea, would you be interested? And, and starting there is validating that idea. Because if, if they're saying, if they say no, then as opposed to investing 300k into your company, and, you know, then it failing, because you've never asked that question before, you can instead say, okay, so along this line, what would, what would, what would help? What would add value? And then they would say, oh, I don't know, X, Y, Z, you know, ABC isn't useful. But if you did X, Y, Z in the same, you know, alphabet, then like, it's good. And then you'd say, okay, well, what if instead was W, X, Y? And they're like, well, W, X, Y would be good. But you know, you're right, maybe actually, you know, Y, Y, Z or whatever. But the point is, you have that discussion, and you actually validate the idea first. And, and, you know, it obviously depends on the organization and depends on, you know, what type of structure you're trying to set up, but also try to get those same people 
to fund your idea in a way. So, you know, you don't need investors unless you're trying to develop, you know, a miracle cure for COVID or, you know, a miracle cure for the, you know, cancer or whatever, right? Then you need millions and billions of dollars to, you know, get that development before you actually sell anything. But if you're trying to offer a service, I think, or even a product, if you can actually create those connections, create that value connection to, you know, these companies, they'll pay you. They'll pay you. Sure. Give them a discount. Sure. Give them a one-year contract that's basically free or you lose money on it, but they can pay you to help you build that first product and they won't do the research for you. They won't do anything, but you can be like, Hey, can I use your offices as a, you know, example, as a, as a trial run for, you know, my new software and it'll benefit you in these ways that we discussed. And they'll be like, and maybe not everyone will say sure, but I'm sure if you ask enough people, they will. And, and that's what's happened in my experience. It's, it's validating the idea first. And that's why I think a lot of businesses fail. Next is the business model, making sure that the business model actually makes sense. Sure. Your idea is validated. Sure. You have, you know, clients and networks and and marketing and all these things. But if you're running at a loss, even in your ideal conditions, you have to figure that math beforehand and, you know, see what really makes sense. So, I guess if I if I had to be succinct, then then it really would be you know validate the idea using someone else, using your target audience, using your target market, you know demographics, whatever, and making sure that the business model actually makes sense, and you don't have to have like you know 10 million sales before you can start making money, and then you'll make a ton of money because you know your cost will be distributed or whatever the fancy business term is I can't remember right now, but you know it's really about starting from the ground and don't try to invest. or whatever amount of money into a business start by validating it and then get other people to invest in your idea because then you're committed and then you also have those clients which then will refer people and you would get more business simply from having that solid base no that that is some solid advice um and this is my last question my final question before we head into our lightning round so you mentioned that you know you you your friends would describe you as adaptable and positive if i may ask how are you able to like how did you build this trait i mean i think i understand how you built that trait trait of adapting but how do you stay positive when you know when you're trying new things and you're failing all the time it's very (laughs) easy not that you in particular are failing no no i fail a lot don't get me wrong (laughs) so like how is how do you maintain that optimism when it's very easy to get bogged down by the failure. And I know this is extremely relative. Sometimes people fail a lot and sometimes people don't fail as much. They find success a little early on. Um, but yeah, what what do you have to say to that? Yeah, before I give you the, I have one sentence answer for this, but I need to preface it with, you sure. know, <laughs> I, might, I might present as success, you know, but the reality is I fail every day. You know, I try to fail as much as possible because, and this is the answer, because you have to look at the big picture, you know, in one week from now, will you think about that embarrassing thing you did yesterday? Probably not. But then you move on. Even if you lost a bunch of money or you invested in the stock market poorly or your investments died or, you know, point is if you if you failed, what's the bigger picture? Like, what were you trying to do when you failed? You know, were you trying to build a rocket? Well, shoot. In that act of failing, you probably just learned a ton about building rockets. Look at Elon Musk. You know, he wasn't a rocket scientist, but I mean, sure, he as a result of Tesla and all these other companies, you know, but he was he's became a rocket scientist because he failed so many times. I remember those rocket launches watching it from SpaceX. uh, Yeah, SpaceX, you know, where like the rocket literally just collapsed, right, because he didn't build it right. But that 
failure led to so much learning, right? So for me, it's focus on that big picture. You know, yeah, it sucks when you fail, man. I mean, I'm I'm in the midst of failure right now. I'm I'm doing I'm doing some training right now for for the insurance and and you know before this interview, you know, all this stuff was not going right, but. I'm learning. I'm I'm saying, oh, this is all troubleshooting. And while it sucks that I'm failing, I really would wish to just it all work and move on. That means in the future, I will be that much smarter and I can then share that knowledge and help, you know, someone else I bring onto my team or bring someone else in the company being like, oh, shoot, I'm having this issue. And I can say, oh, I had that issue too. Here's the solution because of that failure, right? So, so I think it really just comes down to, you know, seeing that big picture and seeing how much it doesn't actually matter right now even those things that really really matter it's like the most important meeting of your life you know the the job you really 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 want to have it might suck it might suck for longer it might suck for a year but you know 10 years from now will you care and and that's sometimes for the really important stuff you know 10 years from now if i don't care hell two years from now if i don't care then it's okay you know that's not to say you know i'm positive all the time i try to always look at the bright side but that's not to say you know i don't have my down days or i'm not sad i'm you know sometimes i'm very sad and very down but you know it it's never about the failure it's about you know interpersonal things or it's about you know the the lack of me doing enough or the lack of you know i don't know some disappointment but the point is that you know the the positive there has to be a balance but but the balance I think all stems from seeing that big picture. And that's what's really important. That is, that is some solid advice. I 100% agree. And now we're going to shift gears on uh, the questions just a bit. It's time for the lightning round. Morning person or night owl? Morning. For profit or not profit? For, uh, ooh, uh, depends, <laughs> but... But uh, I guess for profit. Are you a hunter or a gatherer? Oh, man. I guess hunter. Worst professional mistake you've made? Committing to four contracts at once, and I couldn't fulfill any of them. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, I'd love to be an engineer, but I don't think that's going to happen. Gotcha. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Buy a business versus starting a business? Starting a business. What food do you wish didn't exist? Didn't exist? Didn't exist dog three ingredient three ingredients to pulling an all-nighter never done it oh you never ever in your life ever oh my no. gosh all right never mind that okay three ingredients to waking up early then uh be consistent uh when you wake up have know what you're gonna do right away in the morning and do it don't hesitate don't lie back just get up Gotcha. And now final question. Without using the word spicy, if you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? I guess sweet. Awesome. And now to wrap up the episode, you know, we want to send you folks off all with a quote. And since you are the guest, Luke, I would love for you to do the honors. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite quotes. um, And I think it's very relevant specifically to the things that we talked about today. And the quote is, you know, the master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. And that's from Stephen McQueenie. Yes, indeed. And, you know, Luke, if our listeners are interested in learning more about you, is there a way that they can follow or reach out to you? Absolutely. You can add me on LinkedIn, Luke Gailey, L-U-C Gailey, G-A-Y-L-I-E, and Luke Gailey across all social media platforms. Awesome. Thank you. That This was absolutely great, Luke. Thank you so much. Congratulations on everything and good luck on your new endeavors. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure, Sherba. Hope you have a great day. 
that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, keep it spicy, yours truly, XX.